0: G'day, you're listening to a podcast of the best bits of Breakfasters for this week, ending Friday, the 11th of March. Breakfasters is a Monday to Friday breakfast show broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia. Coming up on this podcast, you'll hear us chat to Dono with his sports rap and a loving tribute to the dearly departed Shane Warne. And we also talked about plane trips and how some people are really weird on planes. <laughs> uh, Vanessa
1: Tahulka joined us in the studio for Tech Talk. Uh, she was breaking down social media and the Russia Ukraine conflict. Digger, also in the studio, was speaking autumn uh, as the greatest season for gardening. uh, And he also took some talk back. And if a place is booked out, do you risk a walk-in? And can you be fussy about where you you get seated?
2: Dr. Jen walked us through the mystery of sour in the mouth. And our Friday funny bugger was one and only Jonathan Schuster. (laughs) Triple R.
3: Well, the game started at a slow tempo. But I must say it's starting to pick up a real momentum now.
2: Committed Megha Donna joins us on a Monday at Talk Sport. Morning, Dono.
4: Good morning. and Drama is a great way to describe the last forty-eight hours in in cricket. We had on Friday morning the um, the like tragic news of Rod Marsh passing. He had had a heart attack a week prior and. If you followed the updates that were being given, uh, he had been moved to moved hospitals to be closer to his family. And so the news of, of his passing wasn't necessarily unexpected, but we had had a week to, to come to terms with that. So he was 74 years old and He held the record for the most dismissals for a wicketkeeper. He was the first Australian wicketkeeper to score uh, a century. He had 355 dismissals, which I always like the quirk of statistics where Dennis Lilly, who Rod Marsh is most uh, linked with, so Court Marsh, Bold Lilly, Lilly also had 355 dismissals in Test match cricket. Um. So they are the the um, the most prolific pair of fielder and, and bowler combination 95 times batters were out courtmarsh bold lily and tony Gregg was the uh, the batter that was out the most and i know that because i had a book called courtmarsh bold lily and i won a pair of crosno glasses on, on 3aw's sports quiz in 1992 because wow. they were asking who it was no one had the answer and so I just went into my book.
2: Oh, great! That's what it is. <laughs> Tony Gregg's the bunny. Yeah,
4: brilliant. So like, Rod Marsh was also a, a selector for Australia. He was a selector for England. He set up the English cricket academy. He was director of the Australian cricket academy. He had an amazing life in in cricket, and at 74 years, it was yeah just a very sad passing. Then the the up of the roller coaster was the Australian men's team uh, commencing their first tour of Pakistan in twenty four years, and it was just such a wonderful experience watching all of the fans in the crowd be so. Thankful and yeah. grateful for the Australian players. the The signs in the crowd are so cool. They're all handwritten, and it's like "Thank you, Australia, for coming. We love you, Usman Khawaja. We want you to make a hundred, but we want Pakistan to win the <laughs> Test match." Like just these <laughs> like sentences written on the on the placards. And at the end of that first day there was also a bit of a oh god like pakistan are just going to grind australia into the ground have, have australia made mm. a, an error um, selecting three pace bowlers and a pace bowling all-rounder but after day two where australia are two for 200 the pakistani uh commentariat are saying well did we make a mistake not picking more fast bowlers, so that's uh, that. That Test match continues, and then there was the the down again of the roller coaster of the the great Shane Warne passing. And you you spoke about him earlier, but I don't think anything that people say will will capture mm. just the greatness that he was on on the field. And yeah, he had his moments off the field, but. There are not many cricketers and not many sports people that you can say two or three words and people will go, oh, I know that. So, like, the Richie Richardson ball, the Mike Gadding ball, the Shiv Chandipal ball, the Bazard Ali last ball of the day, the, the 700th wicket, the other Strauss wicket, uh, the, the 1999 World Cup semi, the amazing Adelaide, but also John the Bookie, the diuretic, <laughs> the number of, private moments that became horribly public. And then, of course, his post-cricketing career where the inanity in the commentary box, <laughs> the, the pizza topping uh, commentary that led to a bit of a revolution in, in Australian cricketing commentary. But 708 wickets. He There are 17 cricketers to have taken 400 test match wickets. Shane Warne has... The tenth best bowling average of them, the tenth best strike rate, the eighth best economy rate. So, on those metrics, he doesn't really match up. But he does. He was the greatest of them all. Mm. Uh, he, with his like his antics, he would just get on top of the opposition. The my favourite moments are if the batter was on top. He would wait just a little bit extra, a few more seconds at the top of his bowling mark. The batter would then get frustrated that he was waiting taking so long. <clears throat> and the batter would then pull away. And as soon as they, they pulled away, Shane would start his oh, run-up. Okay. Wow. And so then he's like, oh, what are you doing pulling yeah. away? You're, you're delaying the game. Hmm. And it was just this thing to put the batter off 1%, 5%, hmm. just the mind games. So bowling deliberately bad deliveries to set the batter up. Like the, uh, There's uh, an Alex Stewart delivery where you see him bowl the flipper, the, the classic sort of flat, fast delivery that he tormented a lot of cricketers, including South Africa's Daryl Cullinan, with. And it's great to watch Shane Warne get Alex Stewart out, but the lead-up to that, he deliberately bowled short balls that could sit up and Alex Stewart could then get on the back foot, play a cut shot, get on the back foot, play a cut shot, hit him for two fours in two deliveries, and he went, okay, I'm going to bowl something that looks exactly the same, but it's absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And it just hit, skidded on, and Alex Stewart is just like, what on earth has happened there? So, that's so
2: right about highlights. Even for any career or sport or creatives or whatever, when you choose a highlight, it's so not necessarily illustrative of everything else that's going on. It's it's the stuff that looks like it's not mattering. Yeah, that, that does matter.
4: Yeah, that's exactly right. And and he wasn't he wasn't brilliant to start with. He made his debut against India. He took one for one hundred and fifty. Ravi Shastri taking him downtown, and eventually he took the first wicket caught by his his great Victorian teammate Dean Jones. He then played against Sri Lanka and wasn't really doing very well. Australia set Sri Lanka 180 to win. They were cruising, they were, well, not cruising, they were seven for 150. They were going to win. By this stage, Shane Warne had taken one wicket in his career, conceded 355 runs. Alan Border threw him the ball. In 13 deliveries, he took three for none, bowled Australia to victory, came to Australia. And it was his first test match at the MCG. West Indies needing 320, 350 to win, one for 170. And then he bowled the Richie Richardson ball. Mm. And then he took seven for 52, as Australia took nine for 76. He had arrived, Australians knew it. He then went to England. And the first ball over there, the most perfect leg spin delivery you could ever imagine, bowling Mike Gatting. And that's when he arrived on the world stage. We knew. But no one else did. Yeah. He was our little our little secret, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he was secret no more. <laughs> so brilliant, brilliant career. The the tributes that are coming in. I oh god, I was in tears so many times on the the weekend. Michael Vaughn couldn't get through his. Uh, Ricky Ponting just stopped talking oh, that because that was awful. Yeah, oh, yeah. It, like just they they go. Oh, but it's my mate. Yeah, it's not just my teammate; it's my mate. They've
2: known each other their whole lives, effectively. What they yeah. met at age fifteen or something.
4: Yep. No. Yeah. So, I, oh, I, I know that that's a lot of of talk about Shane Warne, and I I remember the first time that I did the sports rap on Triple R was when Warne had done something a bit stupid and made a ridiculous comment, and and of course I sort of you know used that to to lampoon him, but he loved that like the, Shane Warne the musical. Oh, yeah. Eddie Perfect says that he was really worried about the concept and talking to Shane Warne about it, but Warne, oh, no, I loved it. It was was great. (laughs) Warne was at the first, um, I think it was Gideon Haig was telling this on on Offsiders, he was at the first performance. Gideon Haig was sitting behind Warne and at the intermission, Warne stood up, turned around to everyone as if to say, what do you reckon? Is it all right? Everyone went, yeah, it's good. And he went... Oh, awesome, great. (laughs) He didn't mind having the piss taken out of him because that's just... Which That's is why he, he he
0: popped up like on Neighbours and Kath and Kim and mm. Hayden uh, Hag also said yesterday that he was a great advertisement for fame. Like he made being famous look really fun.
4: Like he didn't yeah. just seemed to love it. Well, yeah. the Shane Warne impersonator on Kath yeah. and Kim when he was Wayne, <laughs> uh, just and when he bowled the uh, the wedding ring to Sharon yeah. Straslecki. Who, but she thought that he wasn't going to make it. They were out, uh, was it outside Luna Park? Park. Oh. It was just yeah amazing, and I yeah just. Loved watching him bowl; is mesmerising. Mm. I think is the best way to describe it. So that was a down, then an up again. When because the world continues and the cricket world continues, and Australia were uh, taken on England in the the Women's World Cup. So Australia, the number one team in the world, England, the reigning champions, and. Thanks to a Rachel Haynes century and 86 runs from Meg Lanning, Australia set uh, 310 for England to get. Nat Siver made, I think, 109 off 85 deliveries, but they couldn't quite get there in the end. Australia won that by 16 runs, and there's been I think five centuries already scored in the Women's World Cup across the first four matches so it's going to be an absolute ripping tournament Tuesday Australia uh, have their next match against Pakistan and then on Sunday against New Zealand Pakistan are great to watch because they've got so many spinners that they almost don't register their speed on the speed gun because they bowl so slowly so Sri Lanka and Pakistan have these spinners that are so difficult to get away and it's just a fascinating mind game between the, the teams so, yeah. Look, there's, that's a lot of cricket, but it's what I could talk about Shane Warne for exactly. hours. Yeah. Uh, what
2: do you think about the uh, Great Southern Stand rename?
4: Oh, love it, the SK Warne Stand. What I really enjoyed was the government coming out and saying, "Yeah, it's going to be called the SK Warne Stand in perpetuity." Uh, we've we've just eschewed all normal protocols, <laughs> and we will name it. Yeah. So,
2: well, yeah. Okay. What is that about? I mean, people say Dictator Dan. I'm like, well, steady on. <laughs> like, what's, isn't there a process? Which is fine. I, the end result's fine by me. But uh, is that a state government thing or do they consult with the MCC?
4: D- don't ask questions. It is. an <laughs> Warn stand. Yeah. There will also be a Shane Warn stand at the Junction Oval. There was already plans in place for that to, to happen. A, a new stand there being, uh, being, being built or, or possibly an old stand being renamed. Mm. But that was always going to be the Shane Warn stand. And, yeah, the... No no gesture is too grand for, mm. for the, the biggest personality in in the game.
2: Even watching him go to Bay 13 and asking for quiet.
4: I was oh, there at that yeah. game because really? they, they were throwing stuff balls. on the bottles and golf balls and there's a great uh, footage of the English team coming together and Alex Stewart signalling to the, the English captain, signalling to the Australian changing rooms and mimicking bowling yeah. a leg spin delivery which meant... Hey, Shane, can you come out? So Warney ran out in his Australia tracksuit. He then grabbed a, a helmet and put that on for a bit of theatre but took it off, got down and just went, no throwing. He signalled throwing and then just, no, don't do it. And everyone went... No worries. Yeah. We will stop yeah. because Shane Warren told us to crowd control. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, so well. AFLW season continues. The Western Bulldogs aren't aren't dead and buried. Don't make predictions. You only made a look a fool. <laughs> uh, Melbourne kicked the the high score ever. First team to make a, a kick a hundred points. The uh, Super W Super Rugby Women's Super Rugby tournament kicked off uh, on the weekend. I'll talk next week about the um, Western Force being the second team to be paid and. Um, how that sounds really good, but uh, <laughs> yep. And the A-League Women's Finals kicks off this week. Adelaide United making it for the first time and both Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory also in contention.
2: Beautiful. Thanks, Donno.
1: Triple R on ah. FM, digital, online and via the app. When you're flying on a plane, what is your preferred seat? Like no one likes a middle seat, Mm-mm-mm. but there's aisle or window. Which one is? Yeah. Window. Or- window, yeah, yeah. I
0: think window because I rarely need to to get up and go to the toilet or anything. Yeah. So I don't want – so I don't need to be in the aisle. Yeah. And then you don't want people climbing over you. Yeah. But – Well, oh, aisle's pretty good though, isn't it?
1: Aisle's pretty good. I, well, I mean, it's a, a strong second kind of a thing. But I do that's like – That's what we've always said about Mon as well. Strong bladder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's how I got this job, actually. <laughs> you can't move from behind the desk. It's Up there on your CV. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's – a, it, that's a travel thing. I reckon it happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Mm, Maybe yeah. it's the anxiety, but no, it's. Um, <laughs> I had the window seat recently when yeah. um, when on my honeymoon, Of course. and um, it was great. It was really, it's really exciting. Yeah, that never, like, never fades for me.
1: Yeah, I, I think you you kind of have your own space in a bit more privacy than an aisle, mm. which is a little bit more open. Um, I, I never, on some of the airlines that I fly, quite budget. You can pay to select a seat. Mm. Never do it though, and just hope yes. that I get. I tell you. I've lucked out and I have got the window seat the last few times, which Great. has been brilliant. Even on the way home, I didn't have someone sitting next to me in the middle. It was, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. That's that
0: business was, class essentially. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but something, oh, so I was packing my stuff to, to go to Canberra and I was looking after my, my dog, whom I love. Uh, so I forgot to pack a couple of essentials in the end because I was just rushing out the door. Headphones. Oh, damn it. My God. Now, the flight was actually only its 47 minutes in the air you from joking? Melbourne to Canberra. Yes, Yeah. yeah. Wow. The, the, in the air. So obviously there's time that you're disembarking and, and getting on and all that kind of stuff. So I think it says it's like an hour. Um,
0: but yeah, not that long, but still.
1: God, and it was budget.
0: I hate it. So there was no provided entertainment? No,
1: there was no provided entertainment. So I, I was like, okay, I forgot my charger as well. Cause, anyway. Um, but I was sitting there in the window seat and I'm like, oh, what am I going to? do you know I can't I, I do love reading books but I can't read when I'm traveling it gives me a headache mm-hmm. like oh a, I
0: find that like in a car but on a plane it's okay you're
1: okay yeah, yeah I so I did I, and I contemplated bringing a book but then I didn't mm. anyway so then I was sitting there I was like well what am I gonna what am I gonna Surely do you just do you think about stuff close or your sleep? eyes yeah I was just wide awake anyway so I, I got my phone out and I was just looking at Photos and hmm. and little videos with everything turned down or whatever.
0: Of course as well because you've got no internet. No, no, nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No,
1: yeah. So I, I'm sitting there and get this, a woman was sitting next to me and as I'm scrolling through my phone, she says to me,
0: what a cute little puppy. Oh, no, mm. no. Sorry, not your business. Not your business. <laughs> and she was... So trying to be polite. Of course. And I, I was
1: in such shock and, of course, I didn't pull her up on it because I don't do that. Um, I just talk about it and vent on the radio. Mm. But I just – I, I kind of just looked at her and she just smiled and she didn't pick up that I was like, what on earth are you doing? Mm. Looking at my phone. Yeah. Uh,
0: and or maybe she was, maybe I'm thinking it's too calculated, but maybe she was letting you know early, I can see your phone. So if you're going to start looking at nudes. Yeah. I, Mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or show me the nudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, I, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. And then, but I didn't say anything. I kind of just smiled. I may have said thanks. And then I just put my phone away. I was like, well, mm. now my God, as if this trip wasn't going to be boring enough. Now it's awkward. So did you
0: just sit there and stare at the seat in front of you?
1: I just i looked out the window. Mm. I had a window seat so I could look out. Heaven forbid,
2: <laughs> looking at a gorgeous planet from <laughs> the know. miracle of height.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I
2: was in an office. You know, it was a sort of creative gig where you're writing scripts and stuff. And, you know, you don't want people overseeing you necessarily. Yeah. Mm. But I always sensed that I was on display. Uh, so I changed my background to something unusual to see how long it would take before someone say. mentioned it.
0: Is it? In Instantaneous. It? <laughs> really? Instantaneous. Oh, then and you knew they were always watching you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: They can't help it. Yeah. And this is what you were doing.
1: Yeah. You, um, similar to that, I remember doing a comedy gig once and I was doing some new bits. So I just had – I was in the – like a green room, not a proper green room, but wherever we were in the back before getting on stage. And I was just going through some notes. God, there was this bloody comedian. And he's like, oh, and he was just leaning over the top and He's like, oh, what do you, what have you got there? And it's like, I haven't done this material before. I don't want you reading my stuff, can hmm. you? And, and I was like, oh, it's... I, actually don't feel very comfortable showing yeah. you this like and he like he enjoyed the awkward uncomfortableness he's like Great, oh come right. on give us a read well what do you got there well what are your jokes tonight and I'm just like oh my god get out of my face wow but anyone like if I see anyone writing notes especially for comedy or, or whatever I mean the last thing you do is hover over what someone. you got there some jokes yeah.
2: yeah well I used to carry out a notebook but as phones and typing in phones became mm. it it became awkward to have a notebook it stuck out like a sore thumb mm. and everyone's like what are you writing and everyone thinks you're writing about them
0: yeah oh like <laughs> they, they say something and you write they go oh you're gonna put that in yeah exactly <laughs> oh, so material.
2: God. Um, and so yeah unfortunately phones now because you could be doing anything looking mm. at photos of your dog or whatever so mm-hmm. fewer people ask questions but that means it's I get very self-conscious having a notebook yeah. because it makes other people self-conscious.
4: Yeah. So I feel like
2: the notebook's dead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's also, you know, it's possible that your co-aisle passenger was trying to be friendly.
0: Because she knew you had nothing to do. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, she, wa- she was trying to be friendly and she did um, try to make conversation again during the flight oh. when we got, like, a snack. She's like, oh, I wasn't expecting a snack. Were you oh, yeah. I was like... No, it's it's a nice surprise. She's like, yeah, and I I, I don't know. I just
0: it's Ooh. not it's It's not the time to. I mean, at least it's a short flight. You it, know, thank, it's not. Yeah. Melbourne to Singapore or something. Yes. Do you know um, what? I was on that flight once. I was flying to when I first went traveling when I was young younger, young. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay.
0: yes. What do you understand?
2: <laughs> <Yes.
5: laughs>
0: Sorry, Your Honour. I don't
2: know. How, <laughs> right. I was. You're um. wilting under <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it was Melbourne to London and for at least one of the leg, I can't remember if she got on, like, for the second leg of the flight. But I sat next to this woman who for nine hours didn't turn on her screen, didn't put on headphones, didn't sleep. Great. And didn't eat. Oh, my God. She sat, she sat next to me. And at one point she kind of, well, it's visual, but she kind of, like, leaned over and looked at my screen for a bit and I was like, Oh, lady, you have oh. your own. And then she yeah, didn't the meals came and she didn't say no. She said, Yeah, yeah, put down a t her table, put the tray on it on there. Sat there for the duration of and then when they came to collect it, they just picked it up and took it away again. Didn't touch it. Didn't listen to anything and was wide awake the whole time. And I told mum, and Mum's like, Oh yeah, she's a drug pusher for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you consider
2: um Bobby, about mindfulness. Did you go? This is a problem that I'm. Yeah, so distracted.
1: I know. I, I or did what actually, distraction. Yeah, I, I did actually think it's like, my God, like mm. I am so addicted to it that I I don't know what to do. Yeah. It's like, just chill. Yeah. On the, on my flight back, I did. I well, I just slept.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: I it, yeah. I just rested my eyes and and slept and stuff, which was which was a lot better. But on the way there, yeah, I don't know. I was excited, anxious. Was like just just
2: chill. And is on your mum's theory that the the pressure and anxiety mm. of drug running swamped out uh, yeah. their desire for food or yeah i
0: think she mum mum's theory was just that i think if anyone's acting weird that's mum's default response but <laughs> yeah right i think I, I don't know i guess the theory was like oh she's so anxious and she's so nervous like she can't get up and go to the toilet but she can't You know she's got a concert. I don't know. I was just like, I think she's really strange. Yeah. Because she also wasn't up for a chat. Not that I was. Yeah. yeah. But she wasn't trying to initiate that. She just sat there, wide-eyed, staring at the seat in front of her. Yeah. Didn't eat. Didn't watch. Yeah. I think your mum's right. And she thought she
2: got away with it, but uh, Detective Sergeant Mon's (laughs) mum on the case
0: told told the cops
1: when I got.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Triple R.
3: Vanessa Tohulka is in the studio. Yay. I feel this is a big moment for me because, Vanessa, I'm so familiar with your voice, but this is the first time we've actually physically <laughs> is. crossed paths. And I
6: super love all your tweets, so I think there's that weird, you know, online relationship going <laughs> yes, on. Totally. Nice to see you, Jess. Hey, Bobby. Hey, mom. Hey. Thanks for first, coming in. First time back. This is incredible. Yeah. Cool. Look, and we're taking on just a little topic, which I thought we could squeeze in <laughs> five minutes, <laughs> which is we thought we'd talk about the Russia-Ukraine conflict conflict as it's playing out online and um, while there's the physical war playing out on the ground there's the war of hearts and minds so I thought look let's turn our eyes to Russia first the media landscape is really characterised by a lack of free independent media which we value so much here at R, and an abundance of Kremlin propaganda and that's even when they're not in war times. They also have banned the use of the expression wartimes. You know, so, oh, wow. You know, so uh, that's a real <laughs> challenge for media within Russia at the moment. So they've got established disinformation practices. It's a very mature industry there. They've got lots of companies openly operating as troll farms and bot factories, usually not that internally focused, usually more out mm. there projecting strength and, you know, you know, pushing out disinformation to the world to, to influence things. But they began limiting access to their own population, to Twitter, on Saturday and they blocked Facebook. So it's the start of some really bad signs where, you know, human rights organisations are starting to say, look, if people chop off the internet, which they're sort of making signs of doing, really it's a sign of um, regimes that are trying to control the flow of information in their own country. Mm and really restrict citizens' ability to form, you know, their own opinions and get their own information about what's going on. Has there been a noticeable
3: reduction of trolling on Twitter?
6: There has been. Anecdotally, we'll yet to see the figures come mm. in. Jess, you'd know all about this with um, you know, I love the work a you do with spin. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I throw my hat my hat in the ring every now and then.
3: A little trolling of an evening.
6: Yes. Well, look, anecdotally, people are saying that usually topics that attract a whole lot of bots or trolling on social media are seeing less activity. They're Mm. like, maybe they're otherwise engaged. Mm. I guess there is a limit to their capacity. Uh, So Meta, you know, the owner of Facebook, have about 7.5 million users in Russia of their networks last year, and. Another 122.2 million users across other services, so Instagram, WhatsApp, Messenger. But Russia have their own social media network as well. It's called VK. It's got 63 million users. It skews young, which Facebook really envy, and... Uh, And that is not shut down for Russians at the moment. Mm. However, it was already highly controlled and and sort of, yeah. Is it censored? Yeah. They say it's not censored. It's more like they control it before it even needs censoring. Yeah, okay. It's more like the, the, the state uses it as a channel to push out their propaganda. So, yeah, that's a challenge. And what is the position of
3: the major platforms? So what have... Twitter and Meta, so they hadn't. They they were going to stay, you know, openly available.
6: Yeah, their position is more about trying to solve misinformation. Now, that's mm. not something they're going to do overnight. Considering they've had many um, reasons to solve that in the past and have failed. Twitter famously have their Birdwatch initiative, which they've been piloting, <laughs> oh. which has just been so quiet. Mm. You know, the the silence has been deafening within mm. the face of this crisis. So it's not great there. What is great is that in Russia there's been a surge of downloads of VPN tools, which mean that you can maybe, you know, get around lots of different blocks. So that's very encouraging, more than 1.3 million downloads since the invasion of Ukraine began. And there have been a flurry of Russian influencers taking to TikTok. Now, I think we've heard a lot about the Mm. the Ukrainian side and we'll talk about Mm. that in a moment. But um, there are tonnes of Russian influencers and lots of them are putting out videos, going, you know what, I don't support the war. None of my friends and none of the people I personally talk to support, you know, what's going on. I want to put that out there. You know, mm. you're only getting our government set mm. decide. Lots of us don't agree with what the government's doing. It's not like we have free and fair elections. You mm. know, so that's that's an interesting thing to see and and somewhat encouraging. So let's maybe flip to the Ukrainian side. Uh, I. I hope that most people have seen this fantastic TikTok of a young woman going up to an abandoned tank and showing you how to switch it on. Like, I don't know where she found the manual. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's tremendous. It's just like, hey, found an abandoned tank somewhere. (laughs) You might just want to, you know, feel like empowered to hop in there and flip these switches and do this and hey, we're off. Look at this. (laughs) It is just... um, I think it's just that really sweet spot of feeling a bit empowered and also hopeful that, oh, my gosh, why is there a tank abandoned somewhere? Maybe this invasion isn't going that well. Now, I don't think we can be too optimistic, mm. but social media has proven a really powerful tool for Ukraine. Mm. Um, there are all the images of Zelensky um, striding through the streets of Kiev, Um There are Instagram users putting up videos of older people scolding soldiers and saying, what are you doing invading Mm, us, you know? mm. We've got family over there, your family to us, what's happening? There are people sharing videos of young Russian soldiers looking hungry and confused, Mm. feeding them, letting them call their mums back in Russia. That's incredible.
3: Wasn't there um, also um, early on the Russian soldiers were using dating sites to try and meet... Ukrainian women and um, that was giving away their positions? Oh, my yes. goodness.
6: No way. So there's <laughs> a thing called um, open source intelligence and that's been a real – like something that's been a characteristic of this war that we probably haven't seen in that many other conflicts this much. Um It's where people can figure out lots of information from people through different systems. That's a really great example of it. But others are just examples of people filming troops Mm. as they're making progress into the Ukraine and sharing that with their soldiers Mm. and that being a way that you get information out from everywhere. Uh, The Ukrainian government has also had some really interesting forays. Um, They had a telegram channel to share COVID information and they've pivoted that. They've renamed it Ukraine Now to refocus on wartime news. Um, there are challenges with that because telegram is not encrypted, so people have to be careful not to share anything that is going to risk their um, like giving away their position and what they're doing. But it is a great way to disseminate information. They've also gone to Twitter with the mm. official UK gov- uh, Ukraine government account and sort of a little asked, bit of back
3: chat on Twitter I've noticed. The yeah. best from Ukraine. The best They've tweet asked for donations.
6: The best
0: tweet they put out um, kind of before it, just as it all kicked off. Um, invade us if you're gay was what oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it, obviously the yes. homophobic sentiment that comes out of Russia all of the time. I just thought it was a really I thought it was fake, but I think i I, could, I don't know if it was there's fake, but I really enjoyed pretty, it yeah, there's
3: been some pretty kooky tweets from the ukraine government um, yeah Twitter right. channel, yes,
6: one of the I think most interesting things is the um, the talk about an IT army. So the Minister for Digital Transformation in the Ukraine um, announced the creation of a volunteer IT army um, for cyber defence and attacks. 175,000 people joined wow. the Telegram channel. Um, since then they've conducted distributed denial of service attacks against more than 25 Russian websites including banks and government websites. And there's, there's a great cybersecurity expert called Alex Horlin who launched an app called Disbalancer to help take down scam websites, things spreading misinformation. Um, there's about 2,000 people logging into his app at any given time mm. to sort of contribute to these efforts. And they said that the pages they're most eager to shut down um, are any that suggest that the Russian invasion is not a war or that Russia is helping the Ukrainian people and obviously particularly mm. anything about, you know, stamping out Nazism in the Ukraine, which is a complete furphy. Mm. Um, but volunteer hackers have taken down the official page of the Kremlin at various times, Russian state media sites, and they're really working to counter, like, ops um, by flooding intelligence officers with spam and, you know, make it impossible for them to do their online work. So it's... It's fascinating. It is, isn't yeah. it? There's
0: also a proliferation of... Because it's so easy to self-publish um with things like TikTok that we've talked about on this show before where you don't a lot of the, you don't know what's real and a lot of people are to get more followers and likes on TikTok sharing false videos or you know videos from the Gaza strip or from 4 years mm. ago and then people saying oh look it's Ukraine yeah and um it's really hard to it feels like it's hard to police that like the technology is advancing f- faster than we are
6: Well, funnily enough, some of the Ukrainian efforts are not just about stopping misinformation from Russia, but are also about cracking down on misinformation just generally Mm. and just going, no, no, this video is from another time Mm. and this isn't related to this, you know, here's something new. It's so meta as well, not that meta
3: mm-hmm. but just the, in the general sense because TikTok has its own issues in terms of the kind of content it pushes to the surface and the kind of content that it suppresses and for that to now become this platform for the voice of young Ukrainians is just kind of – it. it mm. it's just wild to me. I thought
6: in the context of today it would be interesting to reflect to the last time – you know, we saw war commentary that sort of went, oh, you're seeing war differently. You know, the Gulf happened. It was all on TV. You know, Afghanistan happened. Suddenly you were getting leaked drone footage and what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, Chelsea Manning, amazing stuff. Very interesting. But I think this is the first war where I've seen so many messages from women on the ground. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why so much coverage um, that's not, official media coverage tends to not be from women. Like mm. I tend to see, you know, men in wars. But this time I'm like, great, I'm seeing teenage girls, I'm seeing mothers, I'm seeing old ladies. They're all sharing their points of view. It is um, a different sort of thing that we're seeing and I'm finding it very... Um, even more affecting than mm. than usual to see these sort when of When they things. don't have those
0: normal barriers that maybe it's harder to access in, like, professional media industries, maybe that's why they think, OK, I'll do it myself.
3: Well, <laughs> also just the mundanity. I mean, when you see TikToks of, of young girls, teenage girls, just, you know, still doing that the, the kind of dancing and stuff like that, but they're in a bomb shelter mm. and, you know, showing their parents cooking in a corner. It's just – it is pretty insane to be able to see that sort of level of – Reality on yeah. the ground
6: you yeah know? we still need to get morale up you know let's do a tiktok dance video what can you do <laughs> yeah. and get a positive message out there yeah. at the same time yeah. <laughs> yeah. anyhow look there's lots of things you can do um if you're so inclined look out for ways that you can help and yeah and look for the helpers and be careful with your likes and retweets yeah
3: Thank you so much, Vanessa to Uh You can, all, of course, tune into Vanessa on Bite Into It, and it's you know again for to have a guest in the studio is just so great. It Such feels a like thrill. feels is like it it? we're coming back <laughs> <laughs> soon. We'll see volunteers. <laughs>
5: Triple R. Dirt, dirt,
3: dirt. It's where you grown your plants. Dirt, dirt, dirt. Hey, you got some on your pants Can you stop saying about dirt?
2: Here to take your gardening questions, we're joined on this autumn morning by Triple R's down and dirty horticulturalist, Justin Digger-Coverley. Morning,
0: Digger.
7: Morning, all. Isn't it glorious?
0: Isn't it? <gasps> How resonant do you sound in I person? know. <laughs> it oh, is, I love but, it.
7: And you don't have to look at my double chin. <laughs> <laughs> Staring now, it's very awkward holding a phone it. No more
2: again. inquisitive questions about your attic. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Oh, we've got a new courts thing put up there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those little discs that you throw on the hooks. Oh, it's awesome.
2: Beautiful. Back. <laughs> uh, it's so great to have you in person. Uh, what What's it like uh, coming in?
7: Uh, it's wonderful, you know. It almost went into autopilot driving here. Yeah. Same car park, same things, you know, same speed around roundabouts. It was just magic. Then walking down the street, people walking their dogs, Mm. morning, top of the morning, there you (laughs) go, I'm going to pet your dog. (laughs) Um, They were looking at me weird, but, you know, (laughs) I was was pretty much in a skip. so good.
2: (laughs) Uh, And is this autumn different than other autumns, Uh, you know, is it? Wait, of Blanino, because of La Nina? Because of the weather, I yeah. don't know, there's a weirdness in here.
7: Yeah, well, it led in, well, it's not unusual for us to have a bit of humidity leading in, mm-hmm. and it was almost like the bell ringing to have that big rainstorm over the weekend. It was almost like let's shut summer down, mm-hmm. flush mm-hmm. it out, clean it out, and now you'd probably notice since then, the morning air is fresh. Mm. Yes. Everything's clean, the plants are breathing. Um it's absolutely wonderful. It's the best. It's spot on. It's absolutely beautiful. You could wow.
2: feel over the weekend the heat of the city leaving the concrete mm. yeah. going up to the sky. Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: yeah. I'm glad i You're a meteorologist. Yeah. You know?
7: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my people.
0: <laughs> but Victoria Mel, Mel, and Victoria, Melbourne just really smashed autumn out of the park, I feel. Yeah. Like it's such uh, a good season. In it's the year. best.
7: It's the best. I've been, you know, for literally for 25 years I've been trying to get the name changed to spot on. <laughs> At, <laughs> It's perfect. It is absolutely spot on. Mm. You know, T-shirt, shorts, doesn't matter. Long yeah. sleeve, short sleeve, doesn't matter. Umbrella, no umbrella. It's not going to rain long anyway. It's all good. It's perfect. Yes. Mm. Yeah.
2: I heard uh, someone say, which struck me as true, that Melbourne people, when it rains, we don't really get out the umbrella. It's just mm. you walk through it. You flinch.
7: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Don't even flinch. Yeah. It's, like it's, it's only teeming.
2: Just squint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is it, March 9? What should we do? we be getting up to
7: ah so in the garden autumn is a very busy season arguably the busiest season through the whole year Mm. um so everything's tired after summer so a little bit of pruning tidy things up things that are you know deadheading a lot of deadheading stuff and because you're doing a a bit of pruning you can use what's called the semi-hardwood as cutting so imagine your lavenders and rosemary's and those kind of shrubs especially it's flowered over the warmer season so now they've died off and the new growth that came in spring is now a little bit firmer it's kind of like it doesn't really bounce; it bounces back really quickly when you touch it. That's called semi hardwood. So, when you give them all a tidy up and prune them, you can use all of them to strike as cuttings. So, if you were to prune a lavender, you probably get two hundred of those mm. off them. Mm. Um, you know, first of all, problem if fifty of them strike, you have got fifty new lavenders that you can give away as gifts or you know put on your front fences. Take a free lavender. Um, just something fun to do for any perennial shrubs that you're tidying up. Try and try and strike them as cuttings. It's a big one for moving plants. So if there's, you know, a citrus that you want to move or any evergreen plant, now is the season to do it. Because it's so calm, the days aren't too hot, the nights aren't too cold, we do get some rain. It's kind of like the perfect settling in season for Mm. plants. So if you want to lift something up and move it, whether it be a clump of grass or a lemon tree or a lavender, now is the perfect season to do it. It's got all winter then to settle in, get a bit of rain, And then the spring warmth puts on its new growth. So it's got the maximum amount of time before it has to face that harsh summer season. Mm. So it'll give you your best chance. So following on from that is obviously repotting. You've got to do all your repotting of all your potted plants now.
0: So do you repot your do you repot every year? Is that Every be two doing? years. Every two years. Oh, every right.
7: second year. Yeah, that's what Potty mixes is only designed to last for about two years. And mm. then, yeah, it's got to be topped up, which is a prick of a job. Oh, yeah. Oh. It's a mongrel's <laughs> thing to do. Where do you do it? Um, out in the driveway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it depends on the size of the pot. Sometimes I'll do it in a wheelbarrow. So if I can lift the pot up, um, just put it into the wheelbarrow. So you tip the plant on its side and it will just slide out of the pot. And then you can you know, scratch a bit of the old potting mix off, put some new potting mix into the wheelbarrow and just kind of scoop it in. Yeah. Just a bit easier than doing all the bending. With
0: the old potting mix, you just put it in compost or something? What do you do with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you
7: can put it straight into the compost, put it out in the ground. It just disappears. Have
0: you ever done your backing?
7: Oh, yeah, many a time. Yeah, cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned, you it mentioned wasn't s- cool at all.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I love how you asked and had no concern for his welfare.
7: <laughs> um, Sucked in the old bastard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned citrus, someone's already texted in asking if um, if you prune lemon trees, if so, when?
7: Okay, um, there's many schools of thought, uh, many reasons to prune. I prefer to prune my fruit off, so as I'm harvesting, that's when I prune, so it gets just the one cut per year. So just go about, you know, three inches or so, what's that, uh, 90 mil? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, keep the fruit on the plant and cut about 90 mil past that down the stem and so it takes one year for that to regrow and then it will flower on that regrowth Mm -hmm. and you'll have a fruit in the exact same spot in two years time
0: so rather just pull the lemon or whatever off yeah don't pull the lemon
7: off just prune it off Mm -hmm. the other reason to prune it is when you get the gall wasp so you'll see Mm -hmm. these swollen kind of stretch marky kind of things all over the stems whenever you see that you have to prune it just get it out there's lots of schools of thought different techniques for that but number one it's a blocked artery and you just got to get rid of it so they would be the two things to look for That's all the pruning you really need to do.
1: Okay. Got another um, question coming from Lucas. Said, could you please ask Digger how to get rid of buffalo grass?
7: Uh, Flamethrower. It's very, very difficult Um, because it's a running grass. Now, grasses are the newest plants on planet Earth. They've got the DNA of every other plant that's ever existed and they know how to beat them all. So... The number one thing if you're not going to use obviously there's sprays and i'm not i'm not a sprayer kind of person but outside of that the only thing that'll beat any plant is lack of sunlight so put something over the top of it cover Mm. it for a temporary temporary you know so we've all left a bit of tin or wood out in the lawn for six months and you lift it up there's nothing underneath it we're using that principle without light plants can't photosynthesize and eventually they'll die so but with those grasses you'd have to leave it under there have it covered for at least six months.
0: I did that with mine. Covered it all when we moved in. It Had a really ugly, just lawn out the front, and so we covered it with old moving boxes and then tan bark, whatever. And now it's we gone. It's yeah, it's all gone. Yeah. It took a very long time though, so yeah. be patient.
2: Oh four six six nine eight one zero two seven is the number. Is there anything else we should be getting up to this autumn?
7: Um, yeah, getting ready for composting. Obviously, the leaves are going to be falling everywhere over the coming months. Um, and it's just resource. Don't be one of those clowns going, going to the sausage shop buying compost and buying mulches when it's literally falling out of the sky. Mm. Yeah. So go around the streets harvesting <laughs> leaves if you don't have deciduous leaves yourselves. Um, it's one of the wonderful times I wave to all my eastern suburbs friends as I go around collecting leaves, <laughs> um, doing my civic duty. Um, so the <laughs> yeah it—it's one of the advantages of having a ute. Just I'm just down the streets <laughs> filling them up, um, because you can't produce too much compost. And even if you're not going to compost, it, just spread it round as mulch. It looks beautiful. Is there anything more beautiful than the carpet of deciduous leaves on the ground underneath a tree? Mm. Like yeah, walking it's up from a distance <laughs> when you're walking up, it's like. That is so pristine. It's yeah. like a some sort of image from, I don't know, yes. here's a famous Anne But Ann Murphy's Gettys Law
2: says there do, there's dog shit under there.
7: Oh. <laughs> all know there's, that. There's Yankee yeah, in the end. <laughs> That's right,
2: yeah. like, exactly. Do people, uh, is, is buying compost, is that a, a uniform waste of money?
7: yeah well most of the time people have green bins and they're throwing all the raw ingredients to the, that go in the green bin of what you need to make compost mm-hmm. and so green bins go to composting companies and they make compost and then you <laughs> buy it back <laughs> so just don't use your green bin just compost anything that's organic in nature yeah. can be decomposed and composted so we've got our you know you've got kitchen scraps or whatever you got with the added bonus of street trees and deciduous trees mm-hmm. Your friends and family might have some, harvest them, whack them all together, make a big compost pile and you're on your way.
2: Yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I ask do you have a relationship with fog? Does fog, what role does fog play in
7: your life? Um, I use the term mist. Oh, right, <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> Um Because I'm a brain fog. Yes. We're, we're suffering a bit of that now at home, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, the mist and fog is uh, incredibly emotive in gardens because it does, you know, release and then relieve something that you couldn't see, mm. um, especially if you go to somewhere that you haven't been before and you see it under mist or under fog but you, you're you there long enough to see it lift, uh, it's it's like going to a show.
2: Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, we have another question. I have some blue gum buds. I was hoping to grow this year. Do I need to take the seeds out of the buds to then make them grow or can I just spread out the buds and wait for the seeds to drop out?
7: Um, So with Sydney blue gum, I'm assuming that they've got, um, you'd have to look up a lot of Australian native plants have very particular um, seed setting regimes. So some of them like to be smoked, some of them like to be soaked, some of them like heat treatment, some like to be agitated. So a simple Google search would be Sydney blue gum seed treatment for germination um and on, on your way
2: okay um speaking of shows are you will you be attending the melbourne international flower and garden show yeah
7: absolutely every year of along hopefully you guys will be joining yep Excellent.
2: Yep. uh can you please ask if you need to upsize your pot when repotting
7: absolutely so you literally go up each each time you repot you'd go up a size in pot unless it, obviously it's something like a bonsai where you're actually doing a root prune and you, get, you can put it back into the same pot. But ideally, yes, you go up one pot size each time.
0: Mm-hmm. Ah, um, and how thick should the mulch be? Can you put it too close to plants, someone asked.
7: Absolutely. Don't put mulch up against the, the trunk or what we call the butt or the collar of any plant. So that's the stem coming out of the ground. Keep, the, keep your mulch away from that. And in autumn, I tend to go a little bit thinner than normal. So I go 50 to 75 mil in mm-hmm. the cooler season. Um, because we want water to penetrate through and we want the air temperature to cool the soil down, in summer I go a bit thicker, so 75 to 100 mil, because I want it to act more as an insulator mm. to try and stop water coming out of the soil in summertime. Oh God.
0: Beautiful. I've got an for everything. Uh,
2: we can, did we
0: answer? We did. Uh, we, oh, oh, no, one more. Yes. Um, someone said... The same lemon tree persons. If the lemons are green, is this a good time to fertilise?
7: Yes, absolutely. So they're green now. They really need phosphorus and potassium. Mm -hmm. Cut off the nitrogen. No nitrogen in your fertiliser. So go into your shed and if it's got N on the back of the packet, don't use it. Go and look for something that's high in phosphorus and potassium to feed your fruit.
2: All right. And just finally, quickly, uh, do I need to buy worms if I'm starting a compost bin?
7: Ask someone you know if they've got some worms, um, and go and get a couple of handfuls of worm castings because there'll be eggs in there and a couple of stragglers.
2: Yeah, well, the listeners love you. We love you. It's so (laughs) good to see you. Uh, We
1: might grab a photo off. That's all right. So great to be back. Uh, No, I'm a vampire.
7: (laughs) 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 Melbourne's own Triple R.
1: Went out for dinner uh, during the week, just randomly, just thought, oh, let's just go out for dinner. Um, and the place that we wanted to go to is quite a popular place. So we went to book online, but it was showing fully booked. So we called up uh, and they said, look, we're fully booked. Uh, we are taking some walk-ins though, not many, but if you want to risk it, you can, you're can. you free to do that. So we're like, let's go. There's just two of us, just Abby and I. Um, so we came and when we got there, we could see the place was packed. and was like, oh, God, hopefully we can get in. And there was another couple that were walking towards the front door as well. Mm. And unfortunately, they were just ahead of us. And we're like, oh, damn it. Anyway, they get there and the lady's like, do you uh, do you have a booking? They said, no. Do you have any spaces for walk-ins? And she said, we do. We've got uh, two left just sitting at the bar inside. And they went, oh, do you have anything outside? She said, no, we're fully booked. Mm-hmm. So, and they're like, hmm. And they're sitting there deliberating. She's like, well, I'd like to sit outside. He goes, yeah, I kind of want to sit outside as well. And we're like, give us the seats. Yeah. For Christ, I like, get out of the way. And they're like, is there any chance? And she's like, the only two seats, if you want, are inside at the bar. And they said, yeah, well, we we don't want that. So, and she's like, okay. And we're like, can we take those seats? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can we please take those seats? She's like, sure, come straight through. I'm like, oh, God, it was just torture. Just watching. You know, if, when I do go to restaurants... I love the bar. I yeah, love. I just feel like the. Um, is this the
0: bar facing like the the kitchen. them? facing was, the kitchen? Yeah, yeah, that's was, fun.
1: Yeah, like I, I like a bar that's actually facing people pouring drinks or a kitchen. I don't know. I just feel like it's a fun vibe when you sit at a bar.
0: Oh def- yeah, yeah, you definitely.
1: Yeah, um, inside or outside. I mean, I would only like to sit outside if the weather is perfect and it's really really warm. If there's a breeze or if it's a little bit cool. I, I think
0: I'd prefer to sit inside. Oh, no. I love you, that you're outside. Sky. I mean, I would have taken – we did a similar thing um, mm. a few weeks ago when we had a very nice – I think I was talking about it, just how, like, we went out to a movie at Nova and then had dinner and the city was buzzing and it was a yeah, very nice yeah. vibe. Mm. But we, had a similar, we went somewhere for dinner um, and it was a queue and the people in front of us only wanted to sit outside. Yeah. So we – exactly the same thing and we were happy to sit inside. But, yeah, yeah we'd always opt for out. I mean, yeah. unless it's – Terrible, but a bit of fresco, So you wrote, what's not to mm-hmm.
2: love? Okay, what about eating at a bar when the bar, you know, might be sit higher if you're on a stool than a table. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not you good you for everyone. You get the chicken wings,
1: your <laughs> elbows. I
0: like it. You can swing my legs, you know, with like a bit of a ride. <laughs> swing your
1: legs on the on the stool. I would still prefer a bar. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something about that. Oh, like you it. would
0: opt for a bar in an empty restaurant, like, as oh. in if you had all all the options available to you.
1: I mean, if if the seating was properly and it wasn't too uncomfortable, yes. But if the seating was a little bit higher or whatever, then... On my own,
2: I'm at the bar. That's you are. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the whole place could be full. I go to the bar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, uh, I mean, one thing I enjoy, I'll go to an empty joint, pop myself at the bar in the window.
0: And they go, hello, Daniel. Watch the people file in. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: because there is that behavioural economics thing where you've got two identical joints next to each other and they're mm. both empty, then you put one in the other and the social proof of people walking past means that sooner or later one's full and the other's empty. And yeah. once they see so you identical. sitting
0: there in the glass.
2: Oh, yeah. Let sewing, me at it. Yeah, surrounded in, like, <laughs> torn papers and doggy books, <laughs> red wine stained teeth. Let's hang out with that guy. <laughs> uh, but it is, it, you sit at a bar, you do attract people. Do you? Well, people, yeah, they assume, I think, that you want to be interrupted.
0: Oh, no one's ever... No one's like,
2: how you how, how often
1: are you really sitting at a bar on your
0: own? Oh, my bar. own. Very rarely because yeah. I'm too self-conscious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: If I was travelling, I would do that. Yeah, travelling. Yeah, yeah, and then you can have a chat to the staff. The staff are generally pretty good at it. You can yeah. tell them they want to chat or they don't and they can kind of see the same thing with you as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. only thing in a
2: restaurant on your own reading is when they hit a point, say, at a bar somewhere and they... Turn off the light, they dim the lights on so you. Get, get
0: your torch out.
2: Yeah, go home, nerd. <laughs> it's like when you go to pubs and they say no high V's after five or something. Have you oh, seen
0: no, I've seen, seen that.
2: Yeah, because they want to kick out the. They want to, All the tradies. Yeah, they want the tradies yeah. gone and to change the vibe.
0: Oh, yeah, so it's not knock-off drinks anymore. It's like. That's really right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: right. mm. But. Uh, d- can just take off their high view. I mean, it's not like they're naked under
0: there. I mean, I don't know. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, how how
0: it go? Oh, it was good. It was it was
1: great. I, I as we were eating, we were just like, I cannot believe those guys left. Turn this like, down. Turned Yeah, and mm. like there's, it, it was a specific like authentic Mexican restaurant. It's like there's nowhere else because I. This was the place that I went to when I made the booking with friends. But then we got there and they're like, there's no booking. It's like, oh, my God, how embarrassing. Um, So we were like, are we going to go somewhere else? But we just all had our hearts set on this restaurant. Um, So we were able to put our names down and then go back in an hour. But we went to a a pub just for a beer in between, waiting. But there's, yeah, we were trying to think of another place that we could go for dinner. Mm. And it's just so specific and so good that I I just can't believe that those people just walked away.
2: When I think of you, and also I like the little angling as though if they apply enough pressure, there'll magically be a table appearing outside. That's not going to happen. But um, when I think of you and Mexican, Bobby, I think of that restaurant you took to your your dad too where there's a bell next to the door and it's like... Ring me if you had a good time.
0: The,
1: it was the worst. This was just, it was a, this was an authentic, this was just mm. some cheap uh, Mexican food that we had. Um, and I, th- I think it was near where you live actually. Uh, and stupidly we sat at this seat right at the door where there's a big bell and it says, yeah, ring me if you had a good time. And <laughs> my so God, good. yeah, no, the people would come past this <laughs> go, <laughs> right now our ears. It, it was horrible. And the bell ringing. It's like get out.
2: <laughs> yeah. You, know, you know, wipe the slop off your chin. <laughs> I know. It's Slapping horrible. bells and throwing stuff on the floor. Um, oh. do you call that a date night last night? Is or uh, that's yeah. it's just dinner?
1: Oh no no no! I think it's nice if you call it a date night. And it was just a random one as well. It's was just like oh, you know what? I can't be bothered cooking. But instead of saying that, I'm like, babe. I think yeah. I'm going to take you out. And where are you ah. at in your marriage
2: in terms of dragging out your phone and staring at it or Ooh. any of that sort of business <laughs> that couples get up to?
1: You know, it was one of those uh, places where um, you have to do all your ordering on the on, on your the phone. App. So for the first ten minutes, we were on our phone. This has yeah. got to stop.
0: Oh, no, you don't, you don't like it. This has got to
1: stop. I love yeah, it. it. So can you I've gone it? out. I'm not online shopping.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm at a restaurant. I'm not on the Come worldwide. and take my order. <laughs> <laughs> Does it look like I'm surfing the information superhighway?
0: Just wanted to get yeah. a sandwich.
2: <laughs>
4: <discomfort noise> Triple R. We're in science. Elastic boots and pots and pieces. Fits and pieces and the magic from my head.
2: To give us an in-person taste of weird science, it's the incomparable Dr. Jan in the building for breakfasts.
8: I am so excited. <laughs> Three hundred and eight days since I last sat here. You're joking, you. oh, really? yes. and that was a once-off. And before that, it was four hundred
0: and thirteen days. <gasps>
8: oh wow! Because that must have been really, when I was filling really in. Long time.
0: You came in in person. Yeah, because remember
8: didn't... we thought it was all kind of getting better mm. and then, I don't know, was it lockdown five or six, something happened yeah, and then right. the rest of last year went to the dogs. Oh, so um, we're probably yeah. not going to see you for another three hundred <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. so okay, enjoy, we'll it, enjoy it, guys. Yeah. This is yeah. it Finish. for
1: 300 oh, no.
0: days. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it is, it's oh. a long That's time. That's staggering. Yeah. Um,
2: and uh, your life, uh, I don't know, has it changed a lot, I suppose?
8: Oh, look, It's everybody. Everybody, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. everyone's everyone's changed the way we do things. But I have to say, like, just seeing you guys in the flesh... I mean, I did see you at the OB at the end of last year, mm-hmm. so it hasn't been that many days since I saw you. But being in the studio here, mm. I just think the joy of actually making eye contact with people mm. and having a conversation, it's just... You can't beat it, yeah. right? It's just something really human about wanting to interact with people. Yeah. And we've yeah. all learned how to deal with screens. And, you know, we've talked about... The, the joys and the the lows of being on screens. Mm. But I don't know. I'm just I'm excited. So yeah. I don't know why I picked a topic that's kind of sour to talk about. <laughs> it seems negative I'm intrigued, it? though. Yeah well I thought so okay, so we're gonna start with a test. Very important. Mm. What are the five flavours?
0: Sweet. Sweet? Yep. Salty. I yep. was gonna say chocolate strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Totally. Oh, <laughs> you can sit this one out already. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> so sweet, <laughs> salty sweet, salty Umami. Umami. Beautiful, Mon. Yep. Sour.
8: Yep. What's the fifth? What's the fifth? Spicy. S- hey! Umami. No. No. no, Bitter. Of oh, right. Yeah. yeah, so they're the five. And and there's some pretty clear reasons for most of them why we've evolved to be able to taste them. So you think sweet. Sweet means um, sugar, which means calories. You can see why we would have evolved to be able to taste that. Mm-hmm. Umami generally means protein. Protein's mm-hmm. really important. Salt is really important because we need salt to keep our bodies in kind of good water balance. And our nerves also need salt to be able to function properly. Bitter is there because it um, tells us something's poisonous business. Oh, so we reckon the right. ability to taste bitter has been around for about 200 million years because a lot of plants that are toxic, um, they taste bitter. So all of that makes sense, right? You can understand exactly why we can taste those things. So tell me, why the hell can we taste sour? Well, um, Because it, for the funny faces? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's all about the gifts.
0: Yeah, I don't know. If something's off? Yeah, like sour milk or something. Mm. Yeah, well,
8: so, so you can imagine why I've picked this for a topic is because the answer is we don't know. Mm. Oh, we okay. really don't know.
1: Thanks for coming on
8: the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bye. That was really fun. So, so it doesn't indicate nutrition generally. Um, it doesn't signal something's poisonous. The fact that we have a saying like, you know, that leaves a sour taste in your mouth suggests that we don't even really like the taste that much. And, you know, there's all those cute videos of kids going, yeah, you know, screwing up their faces. So what we do know is that sour is a proxy for pH. So think back to your, you know, chemistry days. pH is whether something's acidic or basic. And so if something is, um, if something tastes sour, then it means that the acid is present. So, you know, a lemon is sour because it's got citric acid in it. Vinegar is sour because it's got acetic acid in it. So that's good. So one of the first steps to try and work out why sour might be important is to look at all the other animals out there in the world and work out which of them can taste sour because you can do taste tests with animals and see how they respond to things and, what, you know, what flavours they prefer. Um, so it turns out that um, there's all sorts of animals that have lost the ability to taste different flavours. So most carnivores don't t- can't taste sugar. Mm. So, you know, your cat, your pet cat can't, can't taste sugar because it doesn't need to, it doesn't eat anything that's going to have, you know, a sugary taste. Um, giant pandas can't taste umami. How sad is Aww. that? That is sad. I God, guess, they are just hopeless. I they? guess bamboo is not very savoury. I haven't eaten a lot of bamboo in my time. I don't know. But then dolphins, because dolphins swallow their prey whole. You know, they just oh. suck down on a whole fish. They can't taste sweet or savoury or bitter.
0: So they're just getting salty, umami Fish. I
8: guess so, yeah.
0: Anyway. Monsters.
8: But the interesting thing is that every animal that's been tested, and there's only 60 of them, but that's still, like, that's not too bad. So whether it's a bird, a mammal, a fish, a reptile, an amphibian, they can all taste sour. So it's got to be something important. We just don't quite know what. And some animals really like sour. It turns out that pigs and primates really like sour. So you think maybe it's kind of about rotting fruit, you know, that Ah. fermentation, and then you're like, ooh, alcohol. (laughs) Maybe it's Ah. about alcohol. Um, But we don't really know. So for fish, we think it's because acidity um, indicates levels of carbon dioxide in the water. So it makes sense for a fish to be able to detect carbon dioxide because it can be dangerous to be Mm. in water that's got too much carbon dioxide. So you're like, okay, fish, that makes sense. But what about what animals moved onto land? Why would we have retained this ability to taste sour? So then the next thing is let's look at animals that hate the taste of sour. And apparently you can do tests that work this out. Um, horses, rabbits, sheep and axolotls <laughs> <laughs> all hate the taste of sour. So maybe it's like indicating that a food is, that a fruit is unripe. Mm -hmm. It's not safe to eat. We know that acid can erode um, tooth enamel. So maybe it's something about, you know, it's not that good for you. There's a really interesting idea now that maybe it's about messing up the gut microbiome, which we've all heard so much about. Mm. You know, you don't want too much acid to kill off your good um, gut bacteria. Um, But that's all negative stuff. So then Mm. researchers have said, well, maybe it's something positive. And we do know that um, sour generally indicates vitamin C, So maybe it's about scurvy, you know. Think about
0: chips. Oh, I like that. Maybe we need
8: sour because it's a way of getting vitamin C because we can't make vitamin C. Human bodies can't make vitamin C. So maybe we like sour because we're getting a hit of – because you we know we're getting it. I remember mm. it, it chomping
2: on you know edible vitamin C as a kid or whatever, science. and it was
8: full on. Well, but we like that tart yeah. flavor, right? Tart yeah. is kind of like, ooh, that's tasty. <laughs> think, think of a lemon tart. You know, you go to the bakery. Yes. Mmm, delicious. But the problem with the vitamin C um, theory is that even though we haven't been able to make vitamin C for about sixty million years pigs love sour stuff but they can make vitamin oh. c and guinea pigs can't produce vitamin c but apparently guinea pigs hate sour
0: stuff oh damn pigs so in this theory
8: so yeah so look we just don't really know one really cool fact i discovered is that apparently well, there's only one gene we've identified that's connected with tasting sour and not only is it involved in taste but it's involved in um our inner ears and in balance so it may be that because we need to stay upright and we need to have good balance, it's purely a totally a byproduct that we can taste sour and we don't actually need to taste sour mm. at all. I, it's just weird, right? Like yeah, it's cool. And also
2: remember in what primary school that you know, sour hits the sides or whatever. Is that does that map into adult is that true? Or in have terms I of like, like you know, where the taste buds the t- are stimulated yeah. and you know, certain flavours hit the back and sour is at the side.
8: Is that...? Mm. I feel like sour might be at the back. I can't remember. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I mean, we know a lot about taste buds and we know a lot about most other tastes. It's just Mm. that sour is this outlier Mm. where researchers like, we figure it has to be important because we've still got it, but we just don't really know why. And you guys know me. I love kind of mystery topics like that where the answer is... we don't know. Yeah, exactly. And yes, so these don't. guinea pigs that hate the taste of sour, <laughs> are there gifts of that? <gasps> Look, I, I just, I'm thinking, you know, like, you know, those lollies, those warhead lollies. Oh, yeah. I'm just picturing, this, like, surely there's a movie in that, right? A guinea pig and a warhead, I
2: mean. <laughs> Come on. It's going viral as we speak.
8: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I used to,
2: give, giving sour stuff to my you know, adults in my life. It was just exciting to watch them react. And those warheads, yeah, I would buy them and hate them. I still, I I still remember <laughs> them? Um,
0: being out for a family lunch once when I was maybe nine, so my brother was 13, and Dad was like, I dare you <laughs> to my brother to eat all the leftover lemon wedges on the table <gasps> and I'll give you 10 bucks. And he did. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> was he sick afterwards? No, it was fine. It was this thing where Mum was like, oh, I'd like... Yeah, I think she just tapped out and was like, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> but she I, knew it wasn't going to kill him. No, I think so. she was like, that's done. Like, I'll just give you ten bucks to stop doing it. But, you know, he really loves that sour taste. So Yeah, yeah, I, I actually quite like sour.
8: Like, I actually don't mind picking up a lemon wedge and having a bit of a suck, but I don't know if I'd want to eat a whole plate For, <laughs> <No>. for ten bucks, <laughs> though? So I'll give you ten bucks <laughs> right yeah, now. Exactly. Sure, we've got how many lemons have you got, Mon?
2: Sour <laughs> beer at the pub. I'll sour it. sour it, and it. beer is really kicking off, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well,
8: that's, that was, I mean, one of the articles that I was reading about, that was the, the question that the journalist had for the sour research. It uh, mm. was, you know, why do some people like sour beer and not other people? And the research is kind of like, well, I don't know, I guess. Just some <laughs> oh. people like sour beer and some people don't. Dead like... set. <gasps> uh,
2: well, oh, Science, funny. after you've done with COVID, get on sour for us, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Dr Jen, thanks. So great to see you. You too.
9: Triple Ah. Oh.
2: Welcome our Friday Friday bugger this
9: week, Jonathan. Tuesday. G'day, Jonathan. G'day. It's great to be back, and I love being back here in the studio. <laughs> love Triple R. Every- love driving here. Saw the sunset. Gorgeous.
0: Sunrise. <laughs> or how long ago did you leave? <laughs> um, You've been sitting outside for a while. I
9: have. I got a coffee. <laughs> I didn't want to be late. Really? My <laughs> first time back. Um, yeah. So. Oh, nice.
2: um, how would you like to be introduced? I mean, are, are you a film producer now? What are you?
9: Yeah, I'm a film dog. Um, I'm a—I don't know—comedian, yep, um, writer. Of course, yes. I've done some acting before. Oh god, you You are an an
2: actor.
0: Triple threat. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
9: exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, all of them. All of them. Yeah, renaissance man.
2: Can cut anything out. (laughs) Um, What's what's going on in your world?
9: We just um, film. there's three things I want to talk about. I want to talk about getting COVID, but I think that's boring, so I won't talk. <laughs> about how that. how long one. ago did you get it? Um, uh, like oh, New Year's. I got it. My, I had a New Year's party, the super spreader event of the year. Oh, I got it. Awesome. I got it from my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. she got it and I got it. This yeah. is uh, probably too early. It's too gross. But <laughs> my, I got it from my girlfriend, and my friend wanted to get it because I got it. Yeah, and then he. His girlfriend got it, and he was like, "Can you give me COVID?" And she, he made her um, use her um, what's a, what spit in her mouth. That's spit in yeah, his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and he no. didn't get it.
0: Will, well. well, gross. But I got it, and then Will, my partner, said, "Can you cough on me? Because yes. I yes. want to get it." Didn't get it.
9: That's crazy. Yeah,
0: yeah. maybe he. It's and all the a, a conspiracy.
9: <laughs> I'm here on it. Regurgitating a me like a
0: bird. <laughs> yeah, we didn't go that far. Okay.
9: <laughs> Sorry. That was COVID. Um, yeah, yeah. COVID. Just, just finished um, filming uh, most of the the show I'm doing at the moment. Amazing. It's coming out in November, though, so it's weird. doesn't matter. About it. It's about uh-huh. the emu war. Um,
2: Famous, well, maybe an overlooked component of absolutely. Australian history,
9: maybe. Um, yeah, it was two men who went out and shot some emus. It was just cull. I don't know why they called it a war. Cause, Cause it's he's
5: one-sided,
9: yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we've we've got puppets. It's out in November. John Cleese is doing his own one as well. Did you know that?
2: Oh. Yeah, really and Rob Schneider.
9: Part. Yeah, what's going
2: on? they oh. competing.
9: We're warring with another <laughs> emu war. Really? Yeah, Who? we're the emus of this war. Yeah, we're the underdogs because they've probably got money. Those bloody idiots. <laughs> and, yeah, um, it's really exciting. They're
2: not in bloody Australian.
9: I know. Yeah. And they're gonna. They said that they're gonna film in Western Australia in May. Good luck with that. We're already <laughs> filming it, you know. I think ours will be out first. So watch ours. This is called The Great Emu War as well.
0: Oh, no.
1: That's just
9: called The Emu War. Oh, so. no, but
0: what is it? Yeah, it's hard. You'd want to pick the great one.
9: <gasps> you would, but. Hang on. Yours
0: is the original. I, I can't believe this is happening.
9: I know. So John Cleese.
0: Rob Schneider.
1: Rob
9: Schneider was in it, but I think he was anti-vax, so he can't get into the country. <laughs> so uh, a bit of you heard it here. But I don't know. Am I
0: allowed to say that? <laughs> Yeah,
9: um, don't watch theirs. But was you know, great. That's you know, noxious those it is. dogs. So sorry, I keep saying that. Isn't that
2: it weird? It's kind it's of
9: like the 48. I Love Forty Eight.
2: The I Love Lucy documentary comes out, and then the I Love Lucy film comes yeah. out. So and then yeah. the, this glut of emus, ants, mm.
9: and a Bugs Life. Oh yeah, Oh, know, that's right. There's heaps of movies that come out at the same time. Yeah, so I don't know, God, ants me?
2: was underrated.
9: Blood oh, dance. Bugs
0: Life is so much better anyway. It's uh, Yeah, hard to
2: get Woody Allen to voice a children's movie these days. <laughs>
9: yeah. <laughs> His opening's really funny. How he he's in therapy and he's saying how he feels insignificant, he's an ant. Yeah, yeah, it's great. But other than that scene, it's not great. Oh, I think it's good. Go back. When did you watch it last?
2: Oh, maybe 10 years ago. It beats B-movie by Jerry Seinfeld.
9: Uh, I haven't seen
2: it. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. right, Now, what's next on your docket? (laughs)
9: Sorry. I I haven't (laughs) been (laughs) in radio. I'm
0: so excited. I I like reviewing late 90s, early 2000s animation, though. (laughs) Yeah.
9: Um so Mon, uh you we we spoke once <gasps> that you I know your boyfriend. Yeah. <gasps> husband husband. Yeah. Upgraded. Um Upgraded. <laughs> how did you so I wanna hear it from his your side of the story. How did you hear about this particular thing? Oh, don't I don't wanna just it's my it's my segment, uh, should no, I? No, do yes. I don't
0: wanna give your punchline. You okay. you do it.
9: So like I don't know when I did this like ten years ago.
0: It was before he and I met, yeah. <gasps> you hit him on. No. Yeah. Oh,
9: sorry. Go on. Uh, I bloody wish. <laughs> I'll do it now. Um,
5: Straight on it. So,
9: for some reason, I wrote this letter to Slater and Gordon at the time. So I, you can just go to their website, and I thought this would be funny, and I wrote this letter, and I can read it out. I, f- I found it in my emails. So it says, um, "Dear Mister, o- dear Mister, and or Mrs. Slater, and or Gordon." <laughs> Uh, My name is Jonathan, I recently met a girl who lives in Sydney, we've been chatting to each other online and I think she's the perfect one for me. The only problem is I told her that I'm a lawyer and I I need a (laughs) favour. Is it possible to come into Slater and Gordon and pretend to be a lawyer? All I need is to come in for the last 10 minutes on a Friday so she she can pick me up after work. (laughs) I would really appreciate it if one of the workers said, see you on Monday Jono to make it look like I'm loved at the office. Uh, please let me know if you can do this Otherwise I'll have to lie about being fired Which I don't want to do as uh, Because honesty is a vital part Of a good relationship Thanks, Jamie Anyway, so I did that And then um, I just mentioned it on stage once And then your husband was in the audience And he was with all of his Slater and Gordon mates and I think he was
0: like I got that. I got that email. No that was me. Way. And I think he was like a yeah. I don't know why he was the one getting. Maybe it was sent to like general inquiries or something. Yeah. And he's the one that got it. And it was just this. I think it was a real mind blowing, mind that blowing thing. Me. But did he ever reply?
9: Um, they. I put my sister's phone number <laughs> down, and then they called up my sister and they said, "This is Slayer and Gordon, like lawyers. Is Jonathan there?" And my sister's like, "No." Like, <laughs> thought I was in trouble or something. But he told me. Years later, when I did that on stage, he was saying that people at Slater and Gordon started, like if someone forgot their lunch or something, they would say things like, that is such a Jonathan sister <laughs> thing to do. Really? But my name got around the Slater and I Gordon office. Famous. It was sick. They
2: mythologised. Yeah.
9: And I ran to him at festivals. He's always popping up. Yeah, he's yeah. a friendly guy. Yeah, he's great.
0: Do you know what, though? That was So we... When we, first, when we first met, he told me that story, and we went to like a stand up night, and you were there, oh. and we hadn't been dating very long, and we, I wasn't sure if it was serious or not. And then he was talking to you at the front, and he said, Oh, Jonathan, this is my girlfriend. First time I'd ever used the girlfriend. Come oh. on. Wow. So
9: you're a very important part you of our
0: relationship. Oh. Very important.
9: <laughs> and I was at the, the wedding? wedding. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah>.
0: Very <laughs> weird. Do you
1: often give your sister's phone number out?
9: Like, no. is she
1: ready for these calls? She used to have this <laughs> really annoying
9: act. email called I underscore Wov underscore wabbits at hotmail.com. She, she doesn't use it anymore, but I was it just annoyed me. I'm like, use your name. So every time I sign, I just signed her up to everything and she changed <laughs> it. For forever. real, I love
2: wabbits. I
9: love wabbits. Like she boils what? them. That's oh, nuts.
2: She, I know. How old is
9: she? She's That's 37.
2: Crazy. No, no, not, not was too that too. a hotmail? Or? It was a yeah. hotmail. Hotmail.com. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, 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 what about uh, gigs? Are you, is it, I uh, mean, Bobby saw you the other night and um, mentioned on air that, uh, what, am I allowed to say?
1: Yeah, go for it. Um, I, I can't remember oh, what I said, so. Uh, no, you, you,
2: you were being maybe detailed in your affections. Yeah. Yeah.
9: In uh, The Kiss You All Over. Oh, yes, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. I, I do love that bit. That's very mm. funny. Because um, people have led very interior lives and now they're coming out of the house and hearing about other people's personal lives, maybe. Yeah,
9: it's, <laughs> um, it's you know, full on. <laughs> Um, but I just... It's a joke where I talk about um, the song Kiss You All Over and to be romantic I kiss my girl all over and then I talk about it in detail <laughs> every aspect and talk about how the back is the most boring part because it's so big and nothing happens. And yeah. You're, you're just waiting for a mole and you um,
2: Yeah. See what you missed out on, Monk? Yeah. Had your Good
9: chance. stuff.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. Um, okay, so when we... <laughs> When we see Emu... Okay, so it's shooting this year. It'll get a release when, do you reckon?
9: We're hoping to do it in November, which is the 90th anniversary of the Emu War. Extraordinary. Cool. But, you know, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully.
2: Is this the the best thing you've ever done?
9: Yeah. Wow. I'm really excited. Because I've done stuff before, but this is the first time where we got money to make what we want. So... We can put all the money into the production and um, make puppets and set stuff on fire. And hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's good.
2: Who gets the puppets?
9: Um, I've got one in my shed. If anyone (laughs) wants to buy it, like it's so big. um,
1: My wife is a puppeteer how much do you want for it Whoa. like 50 bucks right. it, it's it really <laughs> yeah yes.
9: i love this it's, um I, I might need to speak to the my my people but um yeah 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 sure. 50 bucks beautiful oh, that's it's, it's really it. it's like two meters long mm,
1: it's probably more expensive than 50 but yeah it's used maybe
9: in parts yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. Okay. listener
2: says they once had a someone apply for a job with the email uh, plum donkey at com. Mm. <laughs> Not quite. I love wabbits. Yeah. <laughs> what
9: would plum donkey mean? I don't know. Can they reply again? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think
2: they will. I guess plum could be like primo donkey. Yeah,
0: yeah. this isn't it. The, best, uh, donkey. Oh, the yeah. best donkey. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Plum. And who wouldn't mm-hmm. want to employ the best donkey? Yeah. Um, Jonathan Schuster, I hope it's been worthwhile you coming in.
7: I loved it.
9: Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, lifted my spirits. Yeah,
2: it is a bit like that, isn't it? Mm. Uh, maybe we'll grab a photo. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Mm. donkey. Oh, okay, I won't read out the replies. <laughs> Sorry. All right, thanks, John. Yeah. Woo! Ah,
5: that's right. Triple R.
0: Thanks for listening to a podcast of the best bits of breakfasts, which is the Monday to Friday breakfast show broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia. Feel free to get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or the Triple R website.